case, I'm Brendan Peterman. That's still Lewis Hawk now. I know. Welcome to the mayhem that is week two in college football. The absolute excitement of week one in the NFL. And I can't believe somebody can turn down $133 million. Well, I can't. Jackson did this week. I couldn't turn down $133,000. But yeah, let's get into it. So not college football. Lamar Jackson. Contract negotiations. I believe his mother is his agent, which is kind of a wild ploy. Um, did you not ever see anything about Dane Cook there, Lamar Jackson? Family will screw you out of your money. Um, um, I, that and yes, not I, the NFLPA has been advising him strongly. Yes, they have. They've, so, they've been really in the news on that. So Lamar was offered, I believe, six years, 133 million guaranteed, more guaranteed money than the other quarterbacks who signed recently, Kyler, Russell Wilson, those guys. Turned it down. You know, right away, someone says, why can you turn down $133 million? But really, it's based off of the franchise tag. So do you want to cover that, how franchise tags work? Yes. The NFLPA says that over the next two years, if he gets tagged, he's going to make roughly $100 million plus. In essence, he's turning down six years of $133 million guaranteed. But in the next two years, he can make $100 million guaranteed. So he's actually right. smarter for having done yeah. it. And, and so what happens is, just so folks know, takes the top five quarterbacks and averages out their yearly salary. And that's how you get your money for the franchise tag. So when that happens, that's how you get that money. Now, also on the franchise tag, you can only be tagged back-to-back years ever. So once you get franchise tag twice, you can no longer have that. For those who follow NFL a little bit or maybe not as much, Kirk Cousins did this with Minnesota. And Dak Prescott also kind of turned down his initial offer, played on the franchise tag, and then made a bunch of money. Kirk did it in Washington. Oh, he did it in Washington. Excuse me. You're correct. Um, That's how much I follow NFL. No, no. I mean, this was, well, Dak Dak had it one year and then got hurt. And Jerry said, okay, I got to pony up the money. I can't have him out there like that. So Mm -hmm. exactly. I, I, I don't think Lamar wants to go anywhere. But he wants, I mean, he, he wants to saw him Watson get to Cleveland and get 230. And I think that's the number that's sticking in his head. Yeah. And NFLPA is the one who's still giving him the advice of, well, yeah, you know, if you want a guaranteed contract because of your age, your injury history, you know, they put all these factors in like an arbitrator. They're the ones telling him you could ask for more money. And I don't blame him. If it were my kid, I'd say the same thing too. Let, let me see if we get it straight. Two years you can make a hundred million, or six years you can make 133. Of course, ask for more money. It's not, I, I don't think it's a slight on Lamar Jackson the way some people are making it out to be. I'd say that's our not college football segment, but let's get down into it. Our recap portion of the pod, the four downs. You want to go ahead and start with first down? I, you know what? I, I'm still just in disbelief. I, just happened seven minutes ago, roughly. Breaking news. Scott Frost Frost is gone. Gone. I mean, we'll cover we'll we'll cover my picks later. I went three wins, two losses, two pushes, two draws, ties. But one of the ones I told you guys about was Georgia Southern covering the twenty-one at Nebraska. And if Georgia Southern kept that game close enough, Scott Frost would be gone. Well, they not only kept it close; they actually won. They beat them. Nebraska missed the last-second field goal, and that's how Georgia Southern won. So as of just a few moments ago, Scott Frost has been removed as head coach at Nebraska. So he here's here's the really awesome part for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. They negotiated his contract down last year. Right. 
So if they had done this last year, they still would have owed him all of that money. Now they've negotiated down and now he gets fired and they owe less anyway. That's correct. I mean, but it's humiliating either way. I mean, this this is and and he's the one that screwed the pooch against Northwestern. This is his own doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh so that's first down. Second down, my word, people. Losses all over the board. Now, there were a couple 20 to- top 25 matchups that happened, which means two of those teams were going to lose. That would be Florida and Pittsburgh. However, other teams playing unranked opponents lost yesterday. And I'm looking at you, Texas A&M losing to App State and Notre Dame losing to Marshall. And to be honest, Alabama could have easily lost that game three or four times over. But Bryce Young had the poise, and they Man, won. It was it was magical. Yeah, so I it was a day yeah. of what the f is going on. Oh, and Baylor also lost to BYU once again. But that yeah, was a double of, overtime. My darlings. So yeah, of yeah, but a double overtime loss to a ranked opponent. Like I don't think it's going to hurt them that much if they continue to win in conference. So that's our second down. The upsets, man. Um, even some of the games that we picked, you know. Brendan only lost one game this past week, Ohio State. They won 45 to 12. Uh, we we thought they'd score, we thought they'd cover 44. They only scored 45. Same for me. I picked Oklahoma this past week to cover 32. They only scored 33. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? So a couple games like that. Um, but hey, I, we'll, I don't, I mean, yeah, that was not the one that I wanted. Yeah, not at all. Oh, and of course, my darling. My FU game of the week, I picked Houston to cover the three. That was a push. They lost in double overtime to Texas Tech. A lot of games on the board. But with all of these wins and losses that are happening, we have third down figured out this week for you guys after just two weeks. And I hate covering it because we talk about rankings so much. But we have contenders and pretenders. I've listed five teams here. I want Brendan to give me contender or pretender and why. Ready? Here we go. First team out the gate. Oklahoma, contender, pretender. I I hate to say this. They're going to be a contender because they can probably win the Big 12, and that puts them in the category. If they get to the Final Four, do I think that they beat anybody? No. So that, I mean, it's it's right. that's as much of a tightrope team as there is. Right. I think they well, can let's... go through the schedule, get there, mm-hmm. and then pull a Cincinnati. Sorry. Right. And one of the teams they would have to go in, to that would be Baylor. They would have to beat them once and then again twice in a conference championship. So what about Baylor? Contender or pretender? Loss in double overtime on the road to BYU. I, BYU could be a really good team this year. So I don't want to – this almost felt like the Notre Dame loss to Ohio State in week one. Like, okay, you run the rest of the table. Is that a quality loss? Right, exactly. And we're going to start hearing that over the next few weeks. Was that a quality loss? That could end up being that. Let's see. Like that's yeah. that's where I'm at with that. I, I if yeah. they run the table and BYU is the only one on the road, like you said, it, then then they yeah, could. it looks a lot better. Especially if they go in and they smash Oklahoma and then they play them again in the conference title and beat them again, or or beat the likes of a TCU quality, or someone like that. Quality that's losses, yes. Quality losses, yeah. Well, how about the team that beat Baylor? BYU contender, pretender. They're going to be I in the top go fifteen contender right now. I mean, they, they've shown their medal, and I'm not. I'm not adverse to them being there. I mean, again, they're going to end up in the Big 12. 
Yeah, they're independent right now. They're going to be in Big 12. Absolutely. So their schedule, they've they got a good schedule. They're not weak by any means. They've got. No. And speaking of crowning teams too early, guess who they play this weekend? Upcoming. At Oregon. If they go into Oregon and they win by two touchdowns, yes. it's going to be a lot more buzz. They also have Notre Dame on the schedule. After Notre Dame's loss, they also have Arkansas on the schedule. So they got some ranked teams in here that they can really build up their uh, build up their resume by beating these teams. So they got a lot to go for. Fourth team, watch them play the past two weeks. They've won two games. Arkansas, contender, pretender. I feel like every year there is one team in the SEC West that springs up. Last year was NM. It was kind of Arkansas there for a little while, but then they hit the skids. Yeah, they dropped off. I can't – I have to assume that they're going – I don't see them beating Bama. Right. And, again, I didn't see Texas beating them either. So, I mean, and that almost happened. So, I mean, Arkansas could be that that darling team, but that's going to be, you know, up up for debate. Yeah. Well, they've got in a row – you know, they got Missouri State, another warm-up game this weekend. But after that, they go on the road to Texas A&M, then home for Alabama, then at Mississippi State, at BYU, at Auburn. That five-game stretch, good luck, boys. If you can make it through that, Arkansas, now you're in the running. If you can make that with one loss. Yeah, if A&M or Alabama is a quality loss, right? you got a shot. Yeah, you're absolutely Not a blowout, right. but a quality loss. A quality loss, yep. And then the last team, contender, pretender, they're out on the West Coast, Lincoln Riley, USC. There's nobody to stop them. I mean, I, I kind of dark horse right. UCLA, and I, I did, they're not doing too badly, ironically. No, not too badly. Um, but I think the Pac-12 is going to be the battle of Los Angeles this year. I really do. I think it's mm-hmm. going to come down to those two teams. And I know I mean, Utah came back and shellacked the shit out of some other state or some other – Southern state. Utah, yeah. I mean, it was a D2 school. Like, you should have, right? That should have been their warm-up game, but instead they had to go to Florida. Uh, again, so. I don't know why these teams are doing this, and I don't know why these leagues are doing it either in week one. Or well, even week two. There's no NCAA. They want to get their games on prime time. I understand. They don't want it to be a complete uh, loss of uh, TV schedule because you, you don't want to run the risk of having a good game like this weekend when the NFL is already happening. So I, I right. kind of get it, but it's kind of annoying. I, I'm with you on that. The USC schedule, you got at Utah, at UCLA, and home for Notre Dame. Those are your three hardest games left on the schedule. Everything else is cupcakes. So – Unless you just completely flub and trip over your own feet at a place like uh, at Arizona or home for Washington State. Of course, Washington State did just beat Wisconsin, so God only knows right now. It's kind of all over. Yeah, there's – I mean – Well, that was a longer third down. Sorry, guys, we had to do it. But fourth down, you wanted to cover this for fourth down, and it's the the thing that happens on fourth down, so you go ahead. I – special teams saved the day this, this week. Yes, they, they did. lost it last week, and then it, it, it is. It's the tale of two cities. So, it really has know, been. Bama doesn't usually need a field goal in the last few seconds. You know, yeah, that's no, not normal stuff. These, these overtime thrillers, well, listen, mm-hmm. that's when special teams really does come in. You got to right. make those. You got you to hit every single one of them, and they did. Alabama, and to stick on the special teams uh, thing, you know, Alabama's kicker made it. And unfortunately for Texas A&M, their kick got blocked. So special teams is still a huge part of college football. More importantly, these are all college kids. The consistency isn't quite there yet. That's what they need to focus on. 
I got one more team for you. Uh, sorry, before we finish up on fourth down. One more team that I just looked at and saw, contender, pretender, Oklahoma State. They're also in that Big 12 curmudgeon. Was they got to beat. They were there last year. They could they be. got to beat both like, of them, right? Yeah. got to beat OU and Baylor. Again, it's it's that gauntlet. I mean, if, if Texas starts playing like they did against Alabama, I mean, that's there's a lot of teams that, in that conference that can at least qualify for something. And if Kansas is going to start playing, my goodness, I mean. Right. So in, in terms of teams that lost, Houston lost. So bye-bye, my, my darling. They're my gone. darling went out the first week too. So Yeah, so that's, that's probably off the board uh, from now on. Navy, another loss, lost to Memphis at home, 37-13. I'm pretty sure we can put them in the U, U.S. and you can't yep. uh, category anymore. Uh, Western Virginia, yeah, when you have certain matchups, I'll be looking at your schedule to see if we can go against you as well. A uh, lot to cover. We're going to get to it here on the week three picks. All right. So week three picks. Just a real quick recap. Brendan sitting at 11 and four. I'm sitting at seven, five and two. The last number being draws or pushes. So I'm sitting seven wins, five losses, two draws. So into week three picks, just so everyone knows, you listen to the math, 11 and four, seven and five and two. Lewis is down a game. Brendan picked an extra game in week one, so I'm going to pick an extra game this week just to make the numbers even. Matt's but still let's go ahead and get – yeah, shit happens. So let's go ahead and start out with our schools. Right off the bat, uh, the game that I wish I was at, but life got busy, UNT at UNLV at the Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas, 2.30 start. UNLV favored minus two and a half. So are you going to take UNT or UNLV? I'm going to take UNT with a plus two and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. What, what say you? I'm, I'm with you. I'll roll with you. I, yeah. I believe we've been picking them right along the way. So I think yeah. we're okay there. Fair, fair one. Okay. And then your school in a much bigger game on national TV, Penn State on the road at Auburn, Penn State favored minus three. Who do you have? I I'm, I can't give away a field goal and not feel – if it was more than a field goal, I probably would be very reticent. I'm If they're get, getting – or I'm sorry, if they're giving three, that means that they are technically favored because you're supposed to get three At home. when you're the home right. team. Right. I'm rolling, I'm rolling right now with Penn State. They seem to be like they're clicking on offense. They're clicking on defense. Auburn's Auburn. It's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for my team. I want my team to win. Don't get me wrong. So. Fair. Um, I hate to pick against Penn State. I really do. Because I don't I don't like being the guy who's like, hey, hey, you know, like the, like the kid from League of Their Own. You're going to lose. Like, I, don't like doing, <laughs> I don't like doing that. Um, however, the one thing I can say in watching two weeks of college football is that officiating has been Body at best. And a big game like that on national TV, SEC refs, I feel like Penn State's going to get screwed out of a game somewhere along the way because of officiating. I'm taking this week. I'm going to take Auburn with the plus three, three at home, the, the home dogs. Um, hate to do it, but it is what it is. Uh, let's roll into locks. For locks, I believe you're going to take one of the Big Ten teams. Who you got? Taking Michigan. Michigan minus 47 and a half at home against you can't I would probably double that and still take it um <laughs> come on let's be real now I know in the big house 
early game. You'd have to put it on like freshman setting on NCAA and 15 minute quarters to, to cover 95. Okay. Let's be honest. What in the first half? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if you let your, let your six, six. if you let your son play against you, and you're like, "Oh, daddy intercepted again." Sorry, bud. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. poor thing. Oh, your lock's Michigan. I'm gonna take a different lock. I'm, I'm sure he's gonna screw me over at some point. So this is probably a dumb call, just out loud as I'm saying it. But I'm gonna do it anyway. You said it in the four downs coverage of contenders pretenders. Who's gonna stop USC? Um, the answer this week is not Fresno State. USC minus 12 and a half at home. That's my lock. That's a 930 game, so 730 out on the West Coast. That's my lock. Okay. All right, and then let's get to our picks. You're rolling another Big Ten team here, right? Ohio State. I am Toledo. I think it's, again, yeah. it's, it's not huge enough for where I'm concerned. So. Right. And Ricky does coach there. Just so we know, he's the recruiting coordinator out at Toledo. I love Toledo. I kind of have a little rooting interest in them, but Ohio State minus 32. I don't think they're going to be able to. At, at home. Yeah, at home. Not going to happen. Home. Yeah. And then I think you're also going West Coast on another pick. You're darling, right, for the year, UCLA? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I have them minus, I believe, 12 and a half against South Alabama. Oh, I got them at minus 15 and a half. I Take okay. the extra points. They can cover it. I was no nope. 15 and a half. 15 and a half. Still take it. Yeah, that's fine. You still take it. Yeah, it's South yeah. Alabama, unfortunately. Sorry. If it were Appalachian State, whole nother story. The way folks off pod, we look at hundreds of games. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly 12 and a half, 15 and a half. They all kind of merge together in your brain. And then the last pick I have for you here is Baylor at minus 30. They're home for Texas State. The yeah. Texas State armadillo. <laughs> when 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 BYU comes a beating you, um, yeah, Texas State armadillos are not going to survive the first half. Let's. I mean, Sarge fumbles the ball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for my picks, I actually picked two games the same as you, which is kind of crazy. Um, I took UCLA with the minus fifteen and a half as well. Um, that quarterback is just something else, and I don't think there's anyone on South Alabama's defense that can stop that kid right now. Nope. Taking that one. Uh, my extra game, once again, because I got I to gotta square up to you in terms of records, I'm also taking Baylor at minus 30. I actually said it today. I was dropping uh, linens off for my job in Waco uh, at a local burger joint, and I like looked up the line, and the guys were like, yeah, we play Texas State. And I was like, the line's got to be like 38 or 41, something like that. And I saw the line at minus 30, and I was like, I'm going to mention you guys tonight on my pod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you go. There's a shout-out to the guys at Twisted Root. But Baylor minus 30, I, I think that's a walk. Two other games of interest in my world. UL Lafayette doing okay with uh, DeZormo, the guy who was the offensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach. I remember looking at it and being like, easy, walk, walk. Um, I can't find it, but I have it written down here. Louisiana minus 11 and a half. I, I, I would trust you minus 11 and a half, sir. It's minus 11 and a half. That's all the, that really matters. Oh, they're playing. I'm sorry. They're not playing at home. They're playing at Rice, which is down in Houston. Ah, Rice is not that great a team. My parents are actually going to the game considering they live in Houston and my mom's in a love. So there you go. Very nice. They get a little, little time out of the ball game. Um, and then my last game. I did it last week, folks. 
I took a team to cover points because the team they were playing sucked. Okay. And I'm going to do it again this week with another power five team. It's a six 30 game. It's Nevada at Iowa, Iowa favored minus 23. Oh, Iowa went seven to three against South Dakota state. And then they lost to Iowa state last week, like 10 to seven or something like that, or 13, 10. Iowa hasn't scored 23 points in both games combined. So why I, are they covering 23 all of a sudden? Almost no took sense. That, not as a lock, not as an no SQ, sense. but I almost took that game. I just, I, it's, if they, I, there's always like a breakout game for somebody, and I just didn't want it to be that. That's fine. But once again, you scored seven against a D2 school, and then you scored 10 against your like in state rival. You scored 17 points all year. All of a sudden, magically, you're going to win 30 to seven. No, I don't believe that for a second. I'm going with Nevada plus 23. Those are my picks. Once again, I got the four uh, extra picks. I got UCLA minus 15 and a half, Nevada plus 23, Louisiana at minus 11 and a half, and Baylor minus 30. Then you have Baylor minus 30, UCLA minus 15 and a half, Ohio State minus 32, your lock Michigan at 47 and a half, my lock USC at 12 and a half. You pick Penn State and UNT. I pick Auburn and UNT. I'm probably going to get roasted for that. It is what it is. But let's roll into um, a lot of people's favorite segment now. And you have the you have the honors. You have you're up oh. to bat here. It's week three's FU game of the week. Brendan, I, take it away. I believe. Where are we going? That Just tell me Andy the time is, so I can look it up and be safe. Dandy is dandy, but the Northern Illini are even shittier. But good luck with that two and a half point spread because. Northern Illinois is giving the two and a half to an SEC team, but will they let you down? I don't know, Lewis, and I don't care. So Vanderbilt, fuck you. Yeah, right. Two thirty game. Vanderbilt at Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois favored minus two and a half. Uh, I am going to do something I used to do once upon a time when I bet games. I'm going to go see who Northern Illinois has played so far this year. They beat this Eastern Illinois by seven, 34-27. They lost at Tulsa, 38-35. Man, <laughs> so far that is not impressive to me. And then I'm going to go look at what Vanderbilt has done so far this year. This isn't going to help you anymore. I already knew the backdrop. You, you already looked. Vanderbilt crushes Hawaii, 63-10. They beat Elon, 42-31. They lose to Wake Forest at home, 45-25. Wake Forest is ranked in the top 25. So, yeah, you're right. That, that means absolutely nothing. This, uh, this might have been the best. I know there were several, but this this one I believe was the best. Well, if I'm going to be the guy who basically says it without saying it, but everyone knows how I feel about SEC schools, if I truly believe SEC is this dominant a conference, I'm going to take the SEC school. I'm going to take Vandy plus two and a half. I wanted you to do that. I know you did. I know you did. You want to rub the whole SEC sucks in my face thing. I get it. I'm from the South. It's, we, not, you that know. They, it's not that they suck. It's that there's their upper echelon is so good, but their bottom is so fucking bad. And I just, I don't, that's why they're trying to get Oklahoma and Texas so that they, like it evens it out. Like that was, it was a smart move. I really believe that. Yeah. So. All right, here we go. You ready? Uh, well, yep. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my scroller ready. So go Let's ahead. Get, get the scroll roll. But I'm gonna tell you the game out loud. You ready? It's yep. a six o'clock game. Okay. Hold on. We have Texas Tech 
at NC State. You a son of a beast. NC State minus 10. Give me tech. Tech with the points, huh? Give me tech with the points. Thank you. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to bring up field goal kicking and how shitty it is at NC State. Uh, not only that, but they just, I mean, Texas Tech can put a point. So give, you give me 10. That's, I get basically two scores. Right. Are yeah. Just out um, of curiosity, how would you have picked Central Florida at Florida Atlantic? Florida Atlantic plus eight at home. Central Florida. Central Florida? You yep. still would have taken the points on the road? And then the one that I really like, and by the way, this is just an extra game for you guys. Washington, I don't think is that good a team. They're at home against Michigan State. Washington minus three and a half. I think that's way too close a game. And Michigan State. State's getting points? Michigan State is getting plus three and a half on the road at Washington. I don't think that's that hard to cover. Oh, and also the other game of kind of interest late in the evening, uh, Miami, as you call it, Miami, Florida at Texas A&M. Texas A&M favored minus five at home. That is Vegas zone all day long. Oh, again, Vegas, I mean, we Vegas we, zone for the way, folks, four, five, six points. on. We this. talked about A&M losing. They lost to what you would call an inferior opponent, but guess what they had ahead of them? Oh, <laughs> a tremendous game. I wonder if maybe they looked ahead too much. That's what happened. That's, yep. Look ahead or, you know, the, the letdown the week after. I mean, like, they could win this game and then lose the week after because it's it just – that's how some college teams are. And that's yeah. what Jimbo Fisher always has been, other than two years of his life. I mean, that's that's it. I mean – Yeah. So, okay. So, that's, that's picked. Now, yep. there was that one game that we needed to mention – that stuck out like a sore thumb. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it. And it was very, very odd for me. Yes, I see it. Pause for editing. Nope, we got it. Okay. I see it at 2.30. It's Georgia Southern at UAB. Oh, Georgia yes. Southern, the team I picked to cover the points at Nebraska, and not only did they cover, they won outright. UAB is at home against that team, and UAB is favored minus 11 and a half. What? <laughs> is this the opening of their new stadium for them? Uh, maybe. That's the I'm only really explanation to... I'm getting, at the, that, that home kickoff, because, they, folks, they just built a stadium. There is a oh. – uh, I, I did play Birmingham recently, and I saw it. It's gorgeous. It, it looked tremendous. They played yeah. Alabama A&M at home the first game of the season, but then that no, was a D2 opponent. No. Okay. I, so maybe – I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the line on this because, once again, they crush a D2 school fine. They lose to Liberty by a touchdown, 21-14. If Liberty and Georgia Southern, in our minds, are equitable teams or, or close to equitable, then why are you telling me they're not – that they're going to win by – 12 when you lost to the other equitable team by seven you're essentially i mean you're essentially giving me two touchdowns i take that all day long so i mean i I, we didn't that's when we're picking games folks we pick games that we're sure of this one has enough red flags around it to where that's either a sucker bet or somebody in vegas just hit the wrong numbers and I believe yeah. both at this point in time, but we will pay attention or, and monitor. That is that is a line to watch because 
okay, so we're, we're going to dig a little deeper in terms of betting uh, lingo. They have these people called the, the sharps, right? These people are the ones who are the, in the know of the know of the know. And what they do is they go in and they bet lines up or down, depending on the information that they're fed. So a lot of times you'll see the sharps, they'll take a game. Like, for example, I had the lines written down a little a couple of days ago about UCLA being like minus 14. It's now at 15 and a half, just three days later. So that means somebody's on the news and somebody knows they can cover more than that. So it's things like that. Uh, this also strikes me as a, um, what I would call a COVID game. Mm, that's fair. Um, have they gotten word that half the locker room has COVID like that? Cause that's the last right. couple of years. I've seen a few of those where I go, Oh that. And then you go to ESPN and it says half, half the offense is out. out yeah. from, you know, <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Well, that all makes sense now. Exactly. Um, another one that sticks out to me, Mississippi State at LSU, LSU, LSU home dogs plus two. That is. Is yeah. Mississippi State that good? I guess we'll find out. Five o'clock game. Um, yeah. We'll see. Okay. So I'm going to introduce our last segment. I've been calling it K Moss. I've been asking you every week, K-Moss in Spanish, anything else, anything else, anything else. But I think we should officially name this. So we're going to call this The Takeaway, right? we got to stick with our college football themes here. What is your takeaway after watching two weeks of college football? What is the one thing you for sure can say, this is what I'm seeing? I hate to say this. I'm seeing the same pattern repeat itself that drives me nuts and that we're going to be getting away from I don't want the polls before week seven. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the anointing and then the reshuffling and the new anointing and then the reshuff. Like it just, we don't feel do like that they keep the shuffling NFL. the deck of cards. Right. We don't do it in the NFL. No, we don't. We, don't. we do it by record only. And even like if, if the team is shocking, we don't knock them down because the year before they weren't good. Right. If, if, the Detroit Lions went undefeated this year. They'd still be the number one seed. Nobody would say, but they've sucked for decades. No, they earned it. They get it. And I understand that there are different conferences. I understand the different strengths of schools and, and all of that. We're getting to that part. We're, we're slowly migrating there. But after two weeks, it's just, it's the same thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. even the Alabama line, I think it's like 49 this week. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. My biggest one is is officiating. Um, I can tell you that without a shadow, you know, without without a single doubt in my mind that the officiating is as bad as it's probably ever been. Um, I know that these guys are playing at at levels at speeds that are almost unfathomable to us. Right. Um, I've stood on the sidelines of a North Texas game which is basically a lower division one. It's a group of five game. Yep. And those guys were running like at the speed of light past me <laughs> and they're lower division one. So you can only imagine if you're sitting there for an Alabama LSU game, right? right. I mean, those guys are even more lightning fast than that. So I get it. The, the game, the speed of the game is faster than it's ever been. Totally understand. Totally understand how human error comes into it. But the amount of calls I saw in Alabama, Texas this past weekend both just and unjustly called was wild. 
the whole situation in the end zone with Bryce Young and was that a safety or not a safety? Yep. If it wasn't a safety, was it intentional grounding, which happened in the end zone, which should have been a safety? Like that whole situation by itself blew my mind. And then there were calls against both teams where I was like, what the hell are you calling? Right. And to not have a dog in the fight other than it was my lock of the week and, and you get picks wrong all the time. I don't really care. But to sit there and watch and just kind of turn over to my wife and be like, that was an awful call. And then like five minutes later, it's like, that was an awful call. She's like, which team? And I was like, it doesn't really matter. The, the calls oh. are awful. So and that's, that's, I mean, again, I, I, the third thing that I could take away is the special teams. Um, yeah. and, and again, that's repetitive and it's, that's the part of this that mm-hmm. I'm thrilled because college football is back, but every year we're promised something better and we're not there yet. Maybe in a few years, but. Yeah, maybe in 2026, which, by the way, we haven't even covered the playoffs talk, but I feel like that's kind of a dead horse we've beaten over and over. We, knew I, I, You know what? Actually, I, I, I hate to say this. I, it, it's like it's like getting a date with your high school crush. And then afterwards, you're like, that person's not nice. And then you're like and you go, I just spent all that time like it built up. But now now we have to wait what three years yeah three, three years, years four years because of the television contracts or so they say because they think they can't get it done before then which basically means espn's going to cash in for the next three years mm-hmm. exactly they, they're going to try to build up enough of a war chest which they're the house of mouse so i don't understand why they they're not but listen nbc and fox are coming they're, they're i'm they're just saying fine. maybe they got to sell the mouse ears at three times the, the price of disneyland maybe that's the problem yeah i don't care <laughs> I don't care. That's that's it. And you know, I mean, oh. you know what else they can sell? Fucking Greenwood. Yeah, <laughs> everyone could sell that. Oh, real quick, last thing: your recipe. You have a recipe in a cocktail. I do. So go for it. I actually, and this is this is something that used to happen um, at, at more closer to uh, high school football games, but my grandmother's bunt cake was always present with vanilla frosting and ironically i hate to say this it's the exact same as the nothing bunt cake mm-hmm. that they sell now yeah so i will actually uh, more often than i w- wish to uh, admit to any of our loyal listeners actually proceed to get one of those cakes and reminisce so i i for for a very very lovely drink um i it's called italian valium it is Italian uh, what? Italian Valium. It is oh, okay. One part beef eater, one part absolute, one part amaretto, two cherries mixed together, shaken, not stirred, and wow. uh, chilled. And it is and it, it, it's an Italian Valium martini. Okay, that's that's some wild stuff. Um, I don't really have a cocktail prepared, but I'm not really sure where I'd go with that. But for food, I can tell you this much. Carrie's family, when they come in for uh, different events, but especially for Christmas Eve, you know, we have our own family traditions and stuff. Yeah. They make what they call sausage balls. So what you do is you take two packs of Jimmy Dean sausage or whatever your local sausage is that you like. Yeah. You, you take your packages of sausage and however many packages of sausage you have, you then do equal cups of uh, your your next ingredients. So for example, if you only have one pack of sausage, then you need to do one cup of shredded 
cheddar cheese, and one cup of Bisquick. Or if you have two packages, then you, you, you just double the recipe, right? So two cups of cheddar cheese, two cups of Bisquick with the thing. The cool part about Bisquick with my wife, um, you can do gluten-free. So we do the gluten-free Bisquick, the cheese, the thing, mix it all together, make little balls, put it in the oven for about 25, 30 minutes till you get a nice crispy uh, edge or bottom. The cool part about those are when you make them, when you're thinking from a tailgate perspective, you can try and keep them warm, but honestly, you can eat them any temperature. It, it doesn't matter. If it's room temp, it's perfectly fine. It's a breakfast, lunch, dinner thing. It works out. For cocktails, you know, my daughter takes like, uh, she likes to get cherry limeades from Sonic. I don't know how regional Sonic is or where it is. But, we we have know, them here. and, and I, I, They're, they're here and there, out. right? Yeah. And here's the thing. If you don't have Sonic, I mean, you can go to any sort of place that sells like a slushy type drink. Mm-hmm. Just get the cherry limeade and just put the vodka in it. I mean, that's that that's the easiest way. And if you're going to do it at home, vodka, Sprite, uh, lime, and grenadine. And just mix it together. There you go. So that's the way I roll. All right. Well, there's co-host Brendan Peterman, co-host Louis Fano. Find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, except for in Greenland. We don't give a shit if y'all listen to us at all. We just don't care. I just, I, I, I actually, am, I want to check the statistics at some point because I have a feeling somebody at some point is going to, and I'm just, you right. know, maybe I, maybe I can get their attention because I have a reason why I hate you and uh, I'm going to explain it one day. That's fair. Totally fine. All right. Well, that's it for week three, guys. We'll see you later. Have a great week.